Hey, this is Bradley Weber. I'm the pastor of Release City Church, and this is our podcast. I'm super excited that you tuned in, and I really hope today's message encourages you, gives you a sense of hope, and inspires you to pursue all that God has created you to be. Now, let's jump right in to today's message. Are you ready to get into God's Word this morning? I am excited um, about this this message. I, I've got to be honest, today's talk was really birthed out of or came out of a statement um, that I made last Sunday in the middle of the message when I was talking about how oftentimes we judge ourselves in, in our walk with Christ based on someone else Maybe somebody else sitting on your row, or maybe you're you're judging it based on me and Amy, or or somebody else in the ch- church that you look like. You're like, well, I, I'm just not there. And I told you that you should never look at someone else's walk and determine, let that determine or de- detour detour you. That's not I can't say that word, but anyway, uh, prevent you from trying to go further. You, the only thing you need to be worried about is are you further along in your Christian walk than you were. Yesterday. It's called step by step. I feel like Ric Flair right there. Step. Woo! Step by step. Am I I further along in my walk this year than I was this time last year? That's that's where you need to, because this whole thing is between you and God, okay? So don't let the enemy go, well, yeah, but you're not that good. No, but I'm not who I was yesterday. I'm being changed. I'm being moved glory to glory every day. Amen? Amen. And so instead of measuring ourselves based on where we're um, basing, basing it on, on others, we should base it on where we are. So I ask myself this on a regular basis, am I, for, am I further along? Am I further along this year than I was last year? And I got to be honest, I, I do that self-evaluation. I feel like things have changed in me. Do you do that for yourself? God, am, am, am I growing? Am, am I producing fruit? We just saw that whole minute and 41 second video. Am I producing fruit? Are you proud of, of who I am as your child? Because I'm going to be honest, if we're just coming in here, you know, to mark it off and go, I've done the church thing so that I can feel closer to God. Listen, you're, you're, you're starving yourself. You're missing so much more that God has for you than just to come in and do a checkbox, right? It's God, God, I open myself up. As we open your word, I open myself up, and God, begin to do spiritual surgery and start removing the things from me that don't please you. There's got to be a change. And I got to be straight up with you this morning. Today's talk wasn't designed or put together to hype you up. This is not going to be one of those, Preach your put, Pastor B. That's a good word. I love that. Go get that. Go get on that. Nibble on that a little bit more, son. Little nibble on that. This is not one of those messages. This is a message that's going to nibble on you. This is one of those messages that really, for the next 25 minutes, I want, I want all of us to, to do a self-evaluation and self-reflect on where we are. Today's message was was basically designed to challenge us, to challenge you. So I hope you came to be challenged today. The purpose of today's talk is to challenge each one of us to be better and to become more. I've titled today's talk simply this, What's the Fruit? What's 
the fruit. Let me explain it this way. The Bible is very specific in regards to the believers, followers of Jesus, bearing fruit. Bearing fruit, it's a, it's a, it's a church phrase. I, I, I wish there was a different way of saying it, but bearing fruit is a phrase that's used to describe outward actions that are, that are a result of, inward, of an inward condition. So are you producing good fruit or bad fruit? Are the relationships that you are in, I'm not just talking, I'm not, I'm not talking about dating, I'm talking about the people that you associate with, are those relationships, is, there, is it producing a good fruit in you or a bad fruit in you? Because it's, it's, an, it, it's an outward expression or an outward action of what is, that is a result of an inward condition. The condition of a person's heart determines what type of, what type of fruit they're producing. Oh, can I say that again? The condition of your heart will determine what type of fruit that you're producing. If I'm bearing good fruit or producing good fruit in my life, that's an indicator that my relationship with God is on point and it's solid. But if I'm producing bad fruit or no fruit at all, that's an indicator that there's, there's not much happening in my walk with Christ. <laughs> oh, me. So let me ask, what kind of fruit are you producing? If you brought your Bibles this morning, let's go to the book of Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3. And I'm going to start with verse 1. And it says this, In those days John the Baptist came to the Judean wilderness and began preaching. His message was this, Repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Now the prophet Isaiah was speaking about John when he said these words, he is a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. Then Matthew goes on to describe, Matthew is very descriptive if you've read any, any of Matthew's writings and his letters. He's very descriptive uh, and he says this, he says, John's clothes were woven with coarse. Everybody say coarse. Anybody got anything that's, I, I, growing up I hated sweaters. You know those knitted sweaters you, your mama put you on, put on, on you know, for, I, I said, ugh. And you could see all the little fibers and stuff. This one, John was wearing, it said he, was, he wore coarse camel hair. Y'all ever smelled a wet dog? Can you imagine what a wet camel, any animal, can you imagine any, any breathing animal that's outside that has hair and it gets wet? It's nasty, right? Some of y'all like dog lovers. Like, let me talk about my dog like that. She smells, she smells good. Dexter smells good, too, until he goes outside for two minutes. I'm like, bro, what did you get into? His clothes were woven with coarse camel hair, and he, he wore a leather belt around his waist. For food, he ate locusts and wild honey. This dude, he dipped bugs in honey and ate it. Crazy now. People from, but people from Jerusalem and from all over Judea and all over the Jordan Valley went out to see and hear John. And when they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. Don't miss next Sunday, Baptism Sunday. Don't miss it. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees, those were the religious people of the day. I've said this joke all before, but I, I think it bears being repeated. Do you know why they called them Sadducees? Because they were Sadducee. <laughs> anyway, it's the religious people who studied and they thought they, they, thought they knew it all. 
But when he saw the when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming to watch him be baptized, he denounced them. This is John, and this is what he said: "You brood of snakes!" He exclaimed. <laughs> Religious people are very slithery, snakish. Mm. Okay, and let me just move on. He said this. He said, "Who warned you to flee the coming wrath? Prove by the way that you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. Don't just say to each other, we're safe, for we are descendants of Abraham. That means nothing, for I tell you that God can create children of Abraham from these very stones. Even now, the axe of God's judgment is poised and ready to sever the roots of the trees. Yes, every tree that does not produce good fruit will be chopped down and thrown into the fire. The main takeaway from this passage is if you're a Christian, your life should be lived in a way that's consistent with someone who has repented and turned away from their old ways. If you call yourself a follower of Jesus, then you should live a life that is consistent with, I've repented not apologized so I can continue to do it and then apologize and can continue to do it. I've repented and I've turned away. Remember what I told you? This is not going to be one of those shout me downs. This is going to be one of those, oh me, Jesus, I'm going to need a little help right here. Hello. <laughs> I mean, from the very beginning, it was God's intention. Uh, God intended, God's intent for man. What did he tell Adam and Eve in the garden? Be what? Fruitful and multiply. Of course, we know what went down. Adam and Eve kind of messed things up because of their original sin, which is now why we, why we now battle with sins of our flesh. Isn't it ironic that God told Adam and Eve to be fruitful, and you can have every, you can eat from every tree in the garden except this one. He wanted us to be fruitful. But it was actually a fruit was the origination of sin. What kind of fruit are you bearing? Did you follow me? I just, that's not real deep because I'm not a deep person. I don't think real deep. But that hit me. He, wants, he said, be fruitful. But it was a fruit that caught them away and led them astray which is why we now battle with sins of the flesh. Now, the tendency for most Christians, and we talk a lot about this, the tendency for most Christians on any given day is to fake it. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. You're dying inside, crying inside, but I'm good. That fake church, it's good. It's great. Marriage is falling apart, but whoa, man, this is hot, is it? My kids, they, they rise every day and call me blessed. No, the truth is they're crazy and they're driving me nuts. We fake the realness of who we are. We, we, we fake having fruit, if you will. We fake that it's, that it, it's, it's okay and, and, and we smile on the outside, but on the inside, it, we're all jacked up. We want everyone around us to believe, man, they're great. They're good. Pinterest perfect marriage. There are some that even make it look like they're really close with God when in fact they don't really even have a relationship with him at all. Now, I'm not saying you're not saved, but 
if, if the only time Amy saw me was 21 years ago, Friday, by the way, we celebrate our 21-year anniversary. If the last time she saw me was at the altar 21 years ago and I showed up just every once in a while, y'all know what I'm saying, just every once in a while, what kind of relationship would that be? Because a relationship is good, bad, and ugly. Where's all my married people at? A little heavy on the ugly sometimes? Yeah? The good, the bad, the ugly. What, we would not have a relationship if, if, if we weren't doing life together every day. And God is wanting to do life with you every day. The Bible says in Genesis that God walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day in the garden. He wants a relationship. He does, he's not just a God that you can't see sitting on a throne, casting judgment, wanting to shoot you with beams of lightning when you mess up. He wants an intimate relationship. I'm going to use it. She hates when I say it. But do you know what intimacy is? It's when you go, see into me. See into me, see. Intimacy. It's when I allow her to see into me. Because I faked all the good stuff when we were dating and courting. But when we moved in, it got real. She saw into me. We have a relationship. And God wants to see into you. And he wants you to see into him. And how do I see into him when I get into him? When I get into his word and I see what his plan is for my life. And then he has a plan and a future for me. Not to harm me, not to hurt me. He wants the very best for me. And he wants the very best for you today, church. See, how often... For those of you that actually do spend time with God and you have a selected prayer time, I'm not saying you, so you spend an hour a day, but maybe you carve out 15 minutes at the beginning of your day. It's hard to come to God at the end of the day and go, I mean, because ba basically then it's like, oh my God, God, you, everything that happened today. No, start your day and go, God, it's gonna, it could be a good day. It could be a bad day, but whatever happens, God, you're in charge. You're in control. I'm not going to freak out. I'm not going to fret. Start your day. Start your day. Start your day with him. And for those of you that do have, a, have quiet time with him, let me ask, how often are you asking God for his spirit? How often are you asking the spirit of God to help you navigate through the craziness of this thing we call life? Because, see, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives and dwells in you. God sent his son. The son uh, uh, sent the spirit, and the spirit was sent to be our helper. Do you not think that the helper can't help you overcome the desires of your flesh? Yes. Spirit of God, I need you to help me. The helper will help you. There's so much and so many areas of our lives that we, we could take dominion over if we would just tap into the power of the Spirit of God that is available to us. He dwells with inside of us. You could have a, 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 a brand new 2020, 2024, Corvette sitting in a garage at your house with, with horses under the engine. Whoo, whoo, whoo. But unless you get out in that car and move it out of the garage and actually drive it through life, you don't know what you have access to. Same thing is true with the presence of God. The same spirit that raised Christ, from, that raised God from the dead, God's son from the dead, you have access to. Many of you have no idea what he can do. Huh? 
The fruit that God says we should be producing and the freedom that God wants each of us to, to be walking in comes from the power of the Spirit of God, not just, live, not just living in us, but having access to the power every day in every area of our life. It's not good enough that you just have it, but you have access to it, but it's, it's even more that you tap into it. If you haven't tapped into it, then you're missing out. Let's keep reading. Let's go to Galatians chapter 5. Are y'all good with me? Okay. Galatians chapter 5, verse 17 through 26. Just hang with me. Here we go. Oh, I missed so much. I'm going I'm to go back to 13. I'm sorry. 513. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom. We talked about this last, we talked about this last Sunday. Are you walking in absolute freedom? He said, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. Verse 16. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Can I read that again? These two forces, good and evil, are constantly at battle. Church. Just because you're saved and just because you have a relationship with God and just because you carve out time at the beginning and the start of your day does not mean that you are, uh, uh, that you are not going to, that, that you're not going to face the, the, the enemy. And it's constant. It's, it's, there's constant force. It just means when the enemy does come attacking because I did start my day at the beginning of the day with him that I'm prepared for whatever craziness the enemy throws my way. I'm not going to lose my mind. I have the mind of Christ. I'm going to say, not today, devil. Matter of fact, not ever. Get thee behind me, Satan. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the... When you, excuse me. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. Verse 19. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry... Uh, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition. Have I hit yours yet? Dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. There's another verse that says practice. This is practicing in that sort of lifestyle. That means you're practicing to become better at it. But the Holy Spirit, verse 22, produces this kind of fruit in our lives. This is, what, this is, what, this is, this is, the, this is the fruit that, that God is wanting us to produce in our life. Here it is. Are you ready? Love, joy, peace, patience, 
kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, and we should be, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. So the goal here for you and I is this, that we would produce more of the fruit of, fruits of the Spirit in our lives. Remember what I said. When you come in here, let's open up ourselves up and let the Word of God read us. Not us just read it. Let it read. And a lot of times, this is one of those messages that if you're open right now, it's reading you. I'm telling you. It's already, it was reading me this week before I came up here. It, it's reading if you identify, listen, if you identify any of these areas that need improvement, you need to love more. You need to love better. You need to have more joy. Stop being a sourpuss. Stop looking like you've been eating a, a persimmon sandwich through a fence. You, you need more peace. You need more patience. You need kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I got some of these. I got some of these on lockdown. But some of these, that patience. <laughs> Un poquito. A little Spanish for you. That's all I know. Very little. Kindness. If I get impatient, kindness went out the window. And then you really face What's going on inside of me? Lack of self-control. <laughs> That's just me. That's just me. If you identify with any of these areas as areas that need improvement, then these are the areas that you need to be asking the Spirit of God to help you in. For me, I want to I want, I be 100% in all these, and I think that I can. That doesn't mean I'm going to be perfect. Hello. But I think that I can become 100% in those fruits of the Spirit. And I think the order is actually important. If I love people better, I'll be more patient and I'll be kind and I'll have self-control. If I could just get love better. And y'all know what happens when we get angry and your joy goes out the window. You don't love nobody. You ain't got no patience. Kindness, what is that? Goodness, nah, it's a bad day. Faithfulness, uh-uh. You stab me, I'm going to stab you first. Gentleness, there ain't nothing gentle about it. Come on, let's get some. And that's a lack of self-control. But if I can just get love down, that's why the Bible says the greatest of these is what? Love. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. If I can get love down, then the rest of these will come in order. I just expose myself. I need to be a better job of loving people. I know some of y'all are like, well, you do a good job, but, but I know that there's some other areas that I, I personally need to work on. How about you? But how easily we get distracted by the flesh. Let one person say something crazy and we fly off the handle. Mm-hmm. I, I am not alone. You are here with me. Let somebody on Facebook say something that rubs us the wrong way, that doesn't typically agree with our political view. We will spend an hour reading all the comments and then putting our two cents in. 
Maybe not you. I've gotten actually better. Because my family, my wife will call me out in a minute. You know, you know better. Actually, I got people in the community that will call and tell me. So I, I've done a lot better than I used to. How you doing? How you doing? Why do we get caught up in all the drama? I'll tell you why. Because it feels good. The only problem is the feeling is fleeting and it only intensifies our desire to do it more, read it more, and to get deeper and deeper and further and further away from the direction that God is calling us. So here's my question. What's the fruit? What's the fruit? What's the fruit? You write this down. I I shouldn't have to say take notes every week, but take notes, please, because you need this. Write this down. What's the fruit of my church attendance? Of me being here, of me being here today, what's the fruit going to be this week? I know what it should be. What's the fruit? What's the fruit of showing up at church on Sundays? After worshiping together and listening to the message, do I leave more with more peace, more joy that now helps me to control my temper when somebody in the church parking lot pulls out in front of me in the church parking lot? The devil works quick, y'all. Huh? What's the fruit of being a, what is the fruit in your life? This is self-evaluation time. What is the fruit in your life from being a follower of Jesus? How am I treating people that I don't agree with? I actually, y'all, for those that have been around for a while, y'all know I have a lot of crazy stories about my trips to Walmart. I actually enjoy it now. I actually enjoy bringing a smile. Now, I, now I do go first thing in the morning <laughs> before it gets too crazy. But I enjoy walking in and bringing joy and a smile to somebody. I enjoy that. I enjoy... Even though I got a list and I got my, I'm trying to go for my buggy and there's somebody reaching for a buggy, I'll pull it. Because y'all know sometimes it gets hung up. I'll pull it out for somebody else. I, I just enjoy, I enjoy that. That doesn't mean I got time to spare because I don't. But I enjoy, lo- see, I'm trying. I'm trying to love people better. And, 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 and that's the fruit of, of being and doing what, I, what I'm a part of with you guys. So where's the fruit of being a follower of Jesus? Is there strife and hostility in you? Are you showing the love of Jesus to your coworkers? Hello? Is this thing on? Where's the mic? Is there fruit of Jesus in your life when it comes to your political views? Are you exemplifying self-control and are you peaceful? Are you operating the fruits of the Spirit when you see someone else who is sinning, whose sin looks different than yours? Because if you think for a minute that you are without sin... Even the religious boys back in the day who brought the lady caught in, in, caught in, in the middle. Not a rumor they heard and they went and pulled around and said, we heard what you did. No, we saw what you was doing. And even Jesus said, ye without sin cast the first stone. And all those religious people that were trying to hold Jesus to the fire to say, well, the law says stoner. And he says, fine, ye without sin, you cast the first stone. So every one of us in here are on a level playing field today. So how do you treat people whose sin looks different than yours? That's real hard for people who've been in church for a long time who have an ounce of a religious spirit in them. 
I said it. Listen, we don't have to live this way. We can make a change. Make a change for once in my life. Sorry, Michael Jackson just popped up in my head. God will use anybody. It's time to make a change, church. Huh? Not just one time I repent and I'm sorry for my sins. Let me make it to heaven because I don't want to go to hell. But now I got grace and I can live and do what I want to. Grace doesn't work that way. What's the fruit? I got to move. I got to move. Got to move. Being a follower of Jesus, we should, be living from, we should be living from a place of victory because of what Jesus did on the cross. And we should be walking in absolute freedom because of an empty tomb. In order to have access to victory and freedom, we've got to turn away from our sinful nature. That, 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 that person that we, we were before we met Christ and the things that we did, we've got to turn away from that person. Oh, this one's going to be tough because I wrote it down. I was like, God, are you sure you want me to say this? It's hard for God to make all things new when we're still being attached to the old version of us. You make all things new, yes. You make, yeah, he'll make it new. But he will not move you out of the way if all you want to do is still be the old version of you. So I ask again. What kind of fruit are you producing? Matthew chapter 7. I'm, I'm almost done. We're not at the at closing yet, but we're almost done. Matthew chapter 7. Verse 17. A good tree produces good fruit. And a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. Remember what I said. Fruit is an outward expression of what's an inward condition. What kind of fruit are you producing? John 15, 1, and I'm almost done. If you're looking at a a paper Bible, this is in red. This is the words of Jesus. He said this, I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. Now your neighbor tell him and say, he wants more from you. Yeah, yeah. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. In closing. What's your proximity to Jesus today? What's your proximity to Jesus? Are you close to him? I'm not saying that he's not your savior. I'm saying, do you have an intimate relationship with him? If you are, 
And I'm going to pull out some of last week's message. If you are close to him and you are in close proximity to him, there should be fruit. And let me say this. Just because one area of your life may be crazy and you're like, yep, there's no fruit there, that doesn't mean that there can't be active fruit in another area of your life. Because the enemy will convince you that just because this fruit is a little mm, 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 not so desirable, that you've blown it, don't try anymore, give up, and don't come back to church till you get it right. No. You may have an area that's, that, that, that is less to be desired, but there should also be other areas of your life that you're clicking on all cylinders. Are you following me? There should be fruit. You should be growing. And God should be getting the credit for the success in your life. That's why I say it all the time. What God has done in this ministry and what God is doing in this ministry and the growth that is happening and, and the property that we paid cash for that's God in the middle of COVID. Oh my gosh. When nobody was in this room but 12 leaders and an in a, in a iPhone. And we said, hey, while you're enjoying your Danish at home and, and we're here and God said we're going to. No, I, it wasn't that puny. It was God made us a promise. And he said, in the summer, you will launch a building campaign. So we launched a building campaign. And in less than a year and a half, you know the story. And I'm telling it not because of you, not because of us, not because of Release City, but because of him. Amen. He gets the credit. He will always get the credit. And the day that we tried to take that attention away and go, oh, but it's our pastor. He's, you know, ah, or it's, it's, our, it's our, our group. Ah, we do these cards. Ah, the day we do that will be the day that we no longer see the hand and the favor of God on this ministry. And I recognize that. And the reason that, the reason that God allowed me to be a part of other ministries that, that, that went through some hard times was, was so that I, so that, because he knew in 2013, 14, whenever it was, we were going to move back here. He knew. He knew that, 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 that I was going to transition leadership role with dad in 2020. He knew. God knew. He knew that my stepmom would pass away just months after that transition. He knew. He knew three weeks after Robin passed and we went to Franklin and put her body in the grave, Franklin, North Carolina. He knew three weeks later I would find my dad dead in the floor of the bathroom. He knew. God knows where you are. He sees you. I had no idea. I tell this story all the time, but there's so many new people you need to hear. I tried to eject and get out of this thing that you see us doing. I, before with the, the transition, I tried to get out. And dad said, you're not going anywhere because this is what God told us was going to happen. Him and Robin. God knew. We tried to sell our house three times. Nothing. Robin passed. Dad passed. We, we had just transitioned the church. We didn't transition after he passed. We transitioned before. Can you imagine trying to transition when all of us, our, our lives are being 
like a mess. God knew. He knew the timing. He knew transition needed to happen in 20, at the beginning of 2020 and so that we had time to, to raise up more leadership and to get this thing strong. Not that I took months off because I didn't. Three weeks, that was it. I'm telling you, God knows. Surrender to him. It's easy for me to, to it, 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 it would be hard for me to tell stories about other people that, but I can tell you what we've lived and what we've walked through. I'm not trying to drag this out. I'm, I'm, I, because somebody's soul is in the balance right now. Somebody is dealing with something. You need to hear me say, he's got you. And at the beginning of the service, he said it. Get out of the way. If you say I'm lacking any of the fruits of the Spirit, it's time to draw closer to Jesus. In these last days, I'm telling you, church, I'm not a doomsday preacher, and I'm not worried about any of it. God is in control. I'm just not naive. God is in control. You say, how do I draw closer? You're only going to get from him what you put in to him through intimacy. Now I see how that tied together. You're not going to get anything out of something that you're not willing to put into. So what's that look like for you? I don't know. I can tell you it's, it's going to start with doing something that you've never done. For those of you that don't, don't have a private time, five minutes with God, it's going to start there. Does that mean it's going to be easy? Nope. That means your alarm's going to not going to go off. You're going to hit stop instead of snooze. I mean, you're going to hit, yeah, all that. Like, everything's going to go wrong when you try to do it the right way. And I'm here today to tell you, don't give up. Do you hear me, Miss Shirley? There's a reason why my eyes just locked. Don't give up. You'll get a phone call right in the middle of the most important part of the. No, I'm you. I'm not. That's not. The, I don't even know whose phone it is. I, I, and I'm not going to look because I'm not trying to embarrass anybody. But I want you to understand that the enemy will do everything he can to distract you from putting your life in the direction that God is calling you to go into. That's why babies start crying at the end of service. That's why things go crazy. That's why phones go. That's why when you try to do something good and, and invest in your home and your marriage and in your life, the enemy does not like it and he will come against you. If today is a new day for you, this is my altar call right here. If today is a new day for you, and you said, I need, it could be one area of the fruits. It could be all the areas of the fruits. Or you say, there is something, something's got to change in me. And it starts today. If that's you, stand to your feet. And we're done. Adam's going to come pray. If you say, change in me starts today. Change in me starts today. You say, Pastor B, I'm good. And, and, I, and I have time. And, and I got those things. 
Draw me deeper, deeper, precious Lord. Draw. He wants to take you deeper. That means he has more for you than just where you are. You ready? Come. Bless him. That's it. You are the altar call. Well, thanks again for tuning in. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. For more content from Release City or just to stay connected with us, be sure to check us out on all of our social media platforms at Release City Church or through our website at releasecitychurch.org. We love you. And until next time, the best is yet to come.